0: Hello everybody, how you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today we're back with Rumi in the Pocket Rumi, edited by Kamir Helminski. And this is an important section. And I think I've experienced this with philosophy in a number of ways. I hope to be offering this with the podcast to some degree. But here Rumi is writing about apprenticeship and the importance of I think being an apprentice, like having a mentor. And I think we could kind of turn that a little bit too and ask ourselves, how do we mentor others? And how are we mentored? Right? And I think having this type of apprenticeship that I'm trying to do with the podcast for myself, right? Working with Rumi for a few days, working a lot with Marcus Aurelius, working with Epictetus, other thinkers as well. For me, these are all kinds of apprenticeships in a way. I'm really trying to learn from these people. And I think with an apprenticeship, it, you know, In I think the most traditional sense, like you'd go somewhere and you learn every day, day in, day out from someone who had mastery in a specific skill. And that would really alter and shape your daily life, which then would alter and shape you. And then you would hopefully gain mastery, right? So when we're studying philosophy, especially the way I try to study where it's like, you know, days on end, you know, at least a week, I'll sit with the same philosopher. For me, that's like taking on an apprenticeship in a sense, because I'm really approaching the text and my engagement with it, and a part of that being talking about it on the podcast um, as an apprenticeship, like what can I learn from these philosophers that can shape me, that can kind of shape me in the art of shaping myself in a way, right? And I think approaching some type of practice and maybe even our whole lives in this way can be really helpful, right? Because we're constantly under apprenticeship, we're constantly learning, and then we have these, um, very deliberate relationships with whether it's a philosopher or an artist or a friend or a significant other or a family member where we kind of open ourselves up to be the apprentice right so Rumi here I think is writing about this really nicely and he says if anybody goes traveling without a guide every two days journey becomes a journey of a hundred years so I'm going to stop there for a second because I love that right having a guide having a mentor will help you get where you need to get faster is kind of what he's saying here quite obviously right in a metaphorical sense i think that's pretty accurate i think we have to be careful with who we choose as mentors right um and there's exercises for that too but the idea that we can try to find a mentor a teacher learn from them and that will help us on our path is really i think a pretty accurate point point. one of the exercises i do i'm teaching one night class this semester in an education department. And one of the exercises we actually did last night was really based on this idea. I asked that they write just a 10 sentence, 12 sentence letter to their favorite teacher and talk about why they were effective, why they enjoyed their class so much. And then I asked them to write 10 to 12 sentences on or like a letter to their worst teacher, to their least favorite teacher and describe why and kind of maybe even spend time offering some coaching to the person in that letter. Right. We're in a Master's degree, class, trying to develop mastery over teaching. Well, let's address our mentors, both good mentors and bad mentors. And I think engaging with both of those people, at least in the form of a letter or maybe even in a dialogue with them, right? Because I think to say the worst mentor, obviously, that's maybe one person, the worst teacher, that's one person. But there are ways that the people around us, you know, it's likely the case, I'd imagine, that we're getting potentially really good apprenticeships in being patient from just for example's sake, right, for, from our uncle, and we're getting really good um, mentorship and being impatient from our friend, right? So we want to locate these little moments, maybe, of apprenticeship, of mentorship, and then perpetuate certain relationships, try to alter others through teaching and learning, and embrace the idea that Rumi's saying, which is like, we all need a guide. So let's find our guides, both positive and negative, and then let's really try to cultivate What's good about those and what's helpful and truthful about those relationships again those sort of apprenticeships we could say right he also goes on to say the one who takes up a profession without having had a teacher becomes a laughingstock right and again really kind of a practical approach to this right finding good teachers in our professions of course right it's why you go to college to some degree but even at your workplace, what is the importance of mentorship for you? And also, kind of flip the coin for a second, right? How do you offer mentorship to others? I think being a mentor can be one of the most fulfilling things we could do, right? I actually just posted an article or shared an article on LinkedIn today, ended up quoting Marcus Aurelius, of course, his famous quote, I'm paraphrasing here, what doesn't benefit the hive doesn't benefit the bee. And I said, well, that sort of means what's good for the hive is also good for the bee. So you being a good mentor and you offering mentorship to others is helpful to them, of course. And the article was saying that caring for others and focusing on generativity. And they kind of redefine it because that sort of technically means you are looking to the next generation and trying to offer them resources and wisdom. And that's a beautiful perspective, I think, to focus on how the world will be better or could be better as a result of your being there in years that follow your death even, right? So like you're dead and still people are benefiting from what you taught them or benefiting from something you created for the world. I think that's a cool idea actually. And the article touches on how a lot of times in the past we focused on family as a way to be generative, right? That's a great idea still. Um I think to have a family is, you know, I don't have kids, but I think that's a super fulfilling or can be a super fulfilling part of life. Is it for everybody? Course not. But ultimately, I think that's a great idea. And what the article really was hinting at was sort of the ancient Greek idea that, you know, generativity comes from family, but it can also come from works of art, right? And that's art capital A. So it doesn't just mean paintings, of course, or books. It means you could artfully be a mentor at your corporation and you can weave positivity and weave strategies and practices and ideas into the way people work. And that's generative, right? Because they'll carry that with them. Beyond their interaction with you, potentially, again, beyond, you know, you're even being at the company or beyond you're even being on earth, right? So if we strive to teach, and there's a great quote from Pericles, right? What we leave behind is not what is in stone monuments, but what we have woven into the lives of others. That's a conversation about generativity. So that aim, according to the article, to be generative actually is a more reliable pathway to your happiness and fulfillment than focusing let's say first and foremost, and most frequently on the question of how could I be happier? Which I think is a valid question, but I agree with the article. Because this is not the first time I've also uh, encountered this. The School of Life has a great video. It's like 60 seconds and like 10 suggestions on how to be happier. One of the suggestions is concern yourself less with your own happiness. Try to make other people happy. Try to help other people grow. And I think a lot of people in service occupations or service vocations would agree with that, right? Um, so yeah, give it a try. I mean, community service is a great example of this too. Trying to help a friend, great example of this too. And I think this really connects, once again, back to mentorship and apprenticeship. If you learn how to be a good apprentice and learn how to be a good mentor, you're setting yourself up, I think, for a really fulfilling life. Which is why I think for Rumi too, it's like, it makes you more effective at going from point A to point B and there are a lot of ways to understand that, right? If you're unhappy now, that's point A. To get to point B of being a little bit happier, the idea might be, how can I learn from the people around me? I'm an apprentice. And how can I help the people around me? I'm the mentor. So give these ideas some thought. Again, try to locate your, your mentor opportunities, your apprentice opportunities. See where you might already be doing that. And ask yourself, how can I mentor people more? How could I be a more effective apprentice? Because for Rumi, I think it's an essential part of leading a good life. And I think the Stoics would agree. I think the article that I posted on on LinkedIn today would agree. And uh, good thoughts today from Rumi. Thank you for listening. Hope this is helpful. I'll talk to you soon.